is Killing the Business Worldwide, and this is your main event of the evening with the one-hour time limit. The man in charge this episode is your host, Vic Muscat. He is a member of the Fallen and one half of the Ohio Valley Wrestling Tag Team Champions. And I could be wrong, but I do believe he made a cameo appearance as a part of the security team on AEW last Wednesday. This is Damone Salvino. How you doing, sir? Hello, and yes, you are correct. I was in the midst of the chaos of CM Punk and Moxley. The way those two fight, especially Moxley, aren't you happy you didn't get slammed or like thrown over the barricade or hit with a chair? Uh, well, when he showed up with the chair through that inner ring, I was a bit concerned because he's a wild man. So, yes, I... Uh, Make sure to keep my eyes, you know, forwards and behind me. Make sure I didn't get crowned. See him punk yanked my hair in the middle of it, trying to get a hold of. Him. So had to be extra careful with those two. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So for my audience who don't know who you are, please tell us who are you. I am the half man, half angel network of professional wrestling. Yvonne Solovino, hailing from what I consider to be the north of purgatory, which really just spins out to being from the mecca of Mid-South Wrestling, Memphis, Tennessee. If you could describe your career using just one word, what would it be and why? Describe it in one word. Rather... Say unpredictable. There be the word unpredictable. Why would you say that? There's certain careers you can plan a path, decide, you know, what's my five-year goal, what's my five-year plan, A, B, C. But with professional wrestling, I mean, you never know exactly what the next move's gonna be. Sometimes injury changes things, sometimes pandemic changes things. Sometimes you just get seen by the right person and next thing you know, things are taken off. Some things you just can't plan for, it's unpredictable. Was a, being a professional wrestler, is that something that you always wanted to be or was it something that just fell in your lap? <laughs> no, it didn't fall into my lap. Again, I grew up in the Mecca of Mid-South Wrestling. So, I spent my young childhood going to the Mid-South Coliseum watching all the Memphis legends, Jerry Lawler, Bill Dundee, the Moondogs, people of that nature, along with many of the people that ended up in WWE as they all traveled through Memphis and USWA. So, I mean, it was literally a part of my life since before I was able to walk. And eventually I just knew my career goal or path is going to be inside of ring. Tell us about your first match as a professor wrestler. It was a triple threat. It was between myself, another guy named Dennis Patrick, and Damien. I can't remember Damien's last name right now. Not Damien Sandow. 
but you know, triple threat. I know I didn't win. And I used very few moves because I was very green about a week or two into the business. So used, you know, headlock, on drags, leapfrog, drop kick. That's honestly about all I can remember about that match. In, as with your character, do you prefer to be looked at as a face or a heel? In my opinion, we are neither. We are what the fans decide. It's not me that decides I'm a baby face or a heel, it's the fans. So if I find a connection with them, regardless of my behavior and action, then face or I'm a heel. At this moment, you may I'm playing the role of a heel, but at any moment, unpredictable that could change fans could get behind me and what i'm doing and next thing you know i'm the face of the show this is a, might be a silly question but when you come out it's really cool when you have the wings and everything is it hard to walk around backstage with the wings like expanding like that <laughs> no i well let's say the first pair of wings I owned were fully extended. And so getting through doors and certain curtains was a challenge, yes. Uh, the second pair I bought gave me the mobility to get through doors and other type spaces because I could literally maneuver them to go backwards and then expand once I was in an open area. So it hasn't been as challenging now with the second pair and it's made life a lot easier. There's still a few curtains that make things difficult because I uh, might get tangled up in something or it just doesn't slide right through, and especially with the falling. There's so many of us trying to get through the curtains with all those guys in front of me. I don't always complete the mission before I expand them. How did the phone come about? Like, who came up with the idea about forming this stable? I have to give that credit to, wow, actually, hmm. Al Snow obviously played a role in it. And there's someone else, I'm not sure if I should mention his name based on his role in OVW business, but I think he pitched the idea Amon and myself becoming a duo. The rest of the fall is just kind of unpredictable. It just kind of happened. Uh, Rev Bunny joining the group and Luscious and CDP. It just kind of all happened in the moment. So originally, yes, it was myself and Amon, but that all took place back in April. And it was too. <laughs> I guess give myself more of a, uh, I won't say a darker connection because when I showed up at OBW, I thought myself and Amon should be paired up naturally, but it took two, almost three years to make that happen. And the falling was the avenue to make it work. So I'm happy to be a part of the falling and team up with Amon. And 
we'll see how it goes. Right now, we set up for an eight-man tag on our big one. It's an unusual name for a pay-per-view, but the big one, which is happening next Saturday on the 27th of August, set yep. up for an eight-man tag against Luscious, who... A traitor. Unfairly, yes, major traitor. Unfairly weaved his way out of the hall and due to Crixus and his willingness to hold on to what he believed was a great friendship. But we'll see how that plays out. And Bankroll, who we yep. took the titles off of. So yeah, we're now set to face them in a weapons scenario type match on the 27th. Yep, and I saw the other night that you guys, I don't care what people say, you successfully defended those tag team titles. Because even if you lost by disqualification, you're still the champions. That's the bottom line. So it's a successful title defense. Champion rules, man. If you don't pin us and make us submit, it's your loss, not ours. Yes, that's how I look at it. So how have the fans been treating you over the since your career? Because sometimes fans will get a little bit overzealous and like jump the guard rail and think they can be tough guys. How have they treated you? Um, honestly, I haven't had a negative interaction with a fan on that level. I would love to have some of that old school methods heat where they are trying to jump the rail and, you know, pull a blade on you. But one, I don't think fans are that angry anymore. I think they become a lot wiser to the situation. Even if you're a heel, they they don't put their their emotions that much into trying to harm you now. So no, I've had a, a decent interaction with fans. Some are scared and won't you know fully approach me or walk up to me. But as far as you know, evil or dark messages or DMs, I haven't had that type of interaction with anyone so far. Well, watching OVW last night, I mean, it's like commercial break, and all of a sudden the picture comes back on, and there you are, bright eyed, like, eh. so I can see how fans are a little scarce. <laughs> yes, I caught a glimpse of that. I watched it back myself, and I was like, oh, perfect, right on camera. Can't miss it. That's the way it needs to be. So with all the sacrifices and the grind and everything and the injuries, what makes you want to do this? Hmm. Well, the simplest answer is give to the fans or the current fans the type of inspiration and drive and passion that was instilled in me as I was watching wrestling. I had a few... I would say wrestling was more like my father figure. Marky, mm -hmm. Ultimate Warrior, Bret Hart, and Stone Cold. So I got a lot of my manly, tough ways from watching wrestling. And even the, the simple, you know, the, the high of watching your guy win. I mean, I know football fans have their teams and everything, but wrestling gave a different emotion because I mean, it wasn't, there was always circumstances outside of your favorite person's control 
a Vince McMahon or or uh, well, a Vince McMahon. Because <laughs> whether he was screwing over Stone Cold or Bret Hart, he was always in there. So, I mean, watching your guy tromp over them and defeat you know, the multiple obstacles in their way, it gave you that same inspiration to go out and do the same thing, not give up and face your obstacles head on. And I think any true wrestling fan can get that from watching our entertainment. And I want to be a part of that for the next group of fans. What are the three things you are grateful for throughout your career? One, an opportunity to do it. Al Snow and, and the many other trainers and coaches I've had, you know, believing in me, investing in me, giving me the opportunity to be on their platform and use their brain to bring my art to life. Um, I would say, grateful for. I, I guess wrestling itself. I mean, if it weren't for wrestling, I wouldn't be a part of wrestling. So I'm grateful that wrestling even exists in this platform where I was able to grow up and find something to connect to because it wasn't football for me. It wasn't basketball, not baseball. Uh, music, yes. So I do dabble in music and spoken word, but I'm definitely grateful for wrestling because when there was hard time, I could easily tune into wrestling. It all, it all goes away. Thirdly, I would say my own eternal will for inspiration because I've never been one to need others to say they believe in me and push me and motivate me. I've always had that home, that, that internal drive to get up and go work out, work on my craft and be in dream. Try to make the best of myself on my own, regardless if someone else was patting me on the back or not. If wrestling never existed, what would you be doing? I don't know. Likely trying to do something musically. I mean, that was my next favorite thing to do or listen to or be involved in. So, I mean, I spent a few years doing spoken, well, more than a few, a decade or so doing spoken word poetry and traveling cities and performing, doing that. I've dabbled in guitar and bass and writing maybe something along that lines or acting something probably still in front of a crowd or a camera five years from now what do you want to be doing <laughs> well hopefully based on everything that's occurring right now with OEW say making a much larger financial payday so I could get rid of the 
normal day job that I still attend regularly. But after making the drive to the three and a half hour drive to Charleston for AEW, getting home at 3.30 in the morning, getting less than two hours of sleep, going to the day job, doing that, leaving there, having two hours to then get to the OVW building, get ready for that night's event. So, yeah, so hey, being able to pay my bills without wasting my daytime doing a regular job would be wonderful. Because I've, I've experienced a week or two of just waking up, going to the gym, watching wrestling, getting dressed, driving to the city, performing. That, that's more of the lifestyle I would prefer to be living than trying to combine it all. Well, hopefully doing that little security cameo spot, you know, that kind that will that gets your foot in the door. You know, perform a little bit more for AEW. Yes, I definitely like to uh, do more with AEW. I showed up for some work with WWE, but it didn't lead to in-ring work. But well, still time to see where that's going to go. Maybe this year isn't over. So hopefully I get another opportunity to come out and show them what I'm capable of doing as well. What are some more, more present-day goals that you have? Uh, defending these titles for one. I'm not ready to lose them anytime soon, for certain. I would say um, getting, oddly enough, in better shape, leaner, a little bit more agile, lots of, lots of flexibility in these years of picking on size and, and traveling, having given my body the proper respect it needs as far as stretching and myself members so those are some of the things I need to get back into and constantly learning from Doug or Doug Basson for those that are not aware learning from Doug and Al Snow and just becoming more comfortable in a leadership role as far as wrestling goes. Other than the big one, what other events do you have coming up? Right now, that is all I am focused on, the big one. It's, um, I mean, again, waiting for, you know, opportunities to do other companies and other shows. But right now, this, my focus is on OBW. So the big one is what is going to be, I guess, preferably our WrestleMania. So that is definitely what my focus is right now, trying to put on the best match I can with seven other individuals, which is a challenge within itself. But making sure we deliver as tag team champions or as a faction and make sure the crowd leaves plenty satisfied with what we did for that night. Yeah, unfortunately, I got to work that Saturday night, but next day I'll be catching the replay off it. I love the Fight Network. OVW did good being a part of the Fight Network. Yes, because I don't tune in to 
obviously the live feed as we're on TV. So ITV gives me the opportunity to quickly evaluate myself in the ring that night versus waiting for the YouTube force it to load. So where can people find you on social media? Well, that one is a bit simpler. I've come across a lot of people with weird tag lines or at me and follow me's, but I am simply here the Nephilim on just about every platform there is. So whether it's Twitter, whether it's uh, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, it's all fear the Nephilim. So for those who don't know what Nephilim is, that's N-E-P-H-I-L-I-M. So fear the Nephilim. Before I let you go, do you have any final words for my audience? Your audience, stay tuned because what you think you know about OBW is about to change. We're, we're still soaring higher than most companies in our position have been in. You can believe by this time next year, OBW is going to be on a whole new level that companies around us aren't ready for. AEW, WWE, keep your eyes out because OBW is, is on its way up. We're coming. Well, Damone, thank you very much for coming on the show. I wish you welcome your future title defenses and your career in general. Thank and you. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for having, I guess, a lot of our OBW staff. I've seen a few faces on your podcast. So, I know you're definitely tuning in and keeping up with us. It, it was your tag team partner who was my first one, Reverend yeah. Ron. He was the first, my first OVW guest. Okay. So you've had Rev, and I saw what Jada Sparks or Jada Stone. Uh, I first made think of everyone. I had uh, like Southern Dis Discomfort on. I've had. Um, Ryan Howe, or whoever he calls himself these days, on twice. Ryan Von Rocket. Yeah, Van Von Rocket. That's um, Sean Michael. Uh, Big Zoe. He's been on once. Big Zoe kind of surprised me because you see him in the ring, and then he was just finished getting home from his like regular job, and he's like a therapist or something like that. He's like very, very, like very posh, very like gentleman like, and I was like. That kind of messed me up a little bit. Like, jeez. Who better to tell you how to deal with your inner anger than Big Zoe? Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, I you guys have been great for me. And I appreciate it. Thank you very much. No problem, man. Thanks for reaching out to us for to me as well. And thank you for everyone who's been listening and watching. Until next time, everyone. Goodbye and good night. Thanks again, Damon. Take care. Good day. Yeah, bye bye.